Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. Well, this is an interesting hour, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you will um, follow along here because it really does talk about abuses of power and how public figures can can respond to what they perceive as abuses of power. Uh, by the way, just to remind all of you, our phones, unlike on Friday night when we lost them for a few hours, um, have been restored. So all of our lines are available. Uh, 617-254-1030, as well as our line that we did have on Friday night, 617-931-1030. But without any further ado, there, uh, I want to welcome Everett Mayor Carlo Di Maria. has been a guest in this program before. Mayor Di Maria, welcome to Nightside. How are you? Good, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, and also, Mayor Di Maria's uh, attorney. Uh, Jeff Robbins, uh, who is a, uh, a friend and also someone who has been on this uh, program uh, on several occasions. Jeff Robbins, welcome back. Dan, thanks for having me. So, Jeff, let me let me have you start with the story. Um, uh, Mayor De, De, De Maria um, was the subject of several uh, newspaper articles um, during uh, an election campaign. Uh, I believe it was in, in the fall of 2021. Um, and there were some very scurrilous allegations made against Mayor Di Maria. Uh, and um, it, it's a complicated story, but there was both a criminal investigation, which has now been closed, which very rarely happens. You've got sort of a, a, a letter of, um, um, of closure, which often doesn't happen, and also... He has, um, with you, filed a defamation suit against this newspaper and also um, uh, the, the, the paper's publisher and also uh, a, an editor uh, at that newspaper. Can you kind of pull it together for us in terms of we have two separate paths here, a criminal path and a civil path, um, and, and how it has concluded so favorably for Mayor Di Maria uh, in the last few days? Well, it's an interesting case. The case has not been concluded. There has been a very important ruling. Yes. But it is quite a story. That's the, that's very, the, that's, that's the civil case. That's the civil case. But that's I think right. the criminal matter, um, you have gotten what some would characterize as a letter of good health, if you will, from the U.S. Attorney's Office. Well, there had been a civil rights investigation into the uh, city of Everett, which was spawned by this pretty dishonest reporting. Yeah. Uh, and that investigation has now been formally closed without any action, which is just another way of saying that there wasn't any you know, merit or basis found in the investigation, which isn't a surprise. But you're right, the two stories are linked. And the story really begins, and this is all uh, stuff which is part of the public record. I'm not saying anything more than is already on the public file. In 2017, when 
uh, a, a guy with uh, significant business interests in Everett bought a newspaper, which had had a pretty noble past, and turned it into a device, according to the testimony of those who worked for him, for the sole purpose of destroying Mayor Di Maria's uh, reputation. And they went at it, hammer and tong, not just in a couple of articles, but five years, accusing him of uh, crimes, accusing him of kickbacks, accusing him of soliciting bribes and all the rest of it, of extortion. And uh, in 2021, finally, a defamation lawsuit was filed. And what then appeared, what then emerged, according to the testimony which is on file, are the admissions of the publisher-editor that he had fabricated all of these articles that he had manufactured phony notes, which he had concocted after the lawsuit was filed, that he had invented quotes which had never been uttered, and that all of these allegations were pure fiction, driven by, as he has admitted, his desire and that of the owner, a man named Philbin, to destroy this individual's reputation. Mayor Di Maria had uh, grown up in Everett, his family's in Everett, his parents are in Everett, he spent his whole life essentially in public service in Everett, and the idea, as revealed in emails and texts, in really pretty crude form, was to destroy him, was to hurt his family, uh, was to wreck his life, and frankly, uh, a great deal of damage was inflicted. Along the way, to pull it together, one of the things that they tried to do was to entice the U.S. Attorney's Office into conducting this investigation. Uh, that the U.S. Attorney in question did cite, in fact, these articles as a basis for opening the investigation. Uh, and fortunately, uh, the investigation was closed as essentially without merit, although that wasn't said expressly. But the defamation case goes on, and the ruling that you refer to is one this week in which a judge remarkably, found that the mayor was likely to win at least $850,000 in damages in the defamation case uh, and froze uh, the assets of the owner of this purported newspaper and the publisher-editor uh, to the tune of $850,000. So that, in a nutshell, is what these two matters are all about. Yeah, both, both of them favorable to the mayor. Now, the mayor, damage was done to the mayor. Um, in my opinion. Mayor Di Maria, you had a tough re-election campaign in 2021, and um, uh, these these stories had an adverse impact. Untrue as they were, um, it was it was a it was a much closer race than you would have expected. Am I right or wrong on that? No, you're right. Yeah, right. Um, uh, these stories uh, were were awful. Uh, they, they, like Jeff said, it started in 2017, but it, or 19, I believe, 17, I forget the year exactly, but it ramped up uh, that whole summer of 21 in the fall of 21, leading up to the election. Uh, the stories um, uh, became worse and worse, and, uh, you know, it, it, they were awful, and people were believing them. Um, uh, people were slamming their doors, uh, we were canvassing neighborhoods, telling us that we, you know, we were crooks and we were this, and and, and it was it was it was awful. I mean, uh, like Jeff said, their their purpose of buying the paper was to, and they say it that was try to you know take me out of office or to try to get me indicted, um, and they were almost successful taking me out of office. You know, I mean, um, um, we have a we had a huge record of accomplishments in the city of Everett. We really turned the city around in the last, uh, you know, 
15 plus years of our leadership, we, we, we've done some remarkable things. And to have a, a race to be this close, it was purely because of this newspaper. Um, what, an, what, an, and the what, article, an, what an abuse of power. I mean, obviously, the media, the fourth estate, has influence and has power. Um, and when they do work honestly, they can they can they can have a real positive impact. But Jeff, as you I believe elicited in the depositions, the reporter editor in this case admitted on the record that this made the stuff up. I mean, you you can't make this story up. This is this is an incredible um, assault on an individual. And then, yeah, an acknowledgement of the of the of the misuse of this newspaper. Well, you're right. Uh, and this, uh, over the course of the depositions, as the public filings made clear, and this is obviously the basis for the judge's remarkable ruling uh, last week. This individual, a man named Resnick, uh, egged on by the owner, a man named Philbin, uh, and published stuff which he did admit was fabricated, was pure fiction, was BS, to use that, that exact phrase. Uh, he had no basis for making these allegations. He was delighted to do it. He bragged to person after person after person that he was devastating the mayor, that he was crushing the mayor, that he was ruining his reputation, that he was administering a quote-unquote holocaust on the mayor, uh, that he wrote the stuff for his uh, wife and his father-in-law so that his wife and his father-in-law and his family would read this. The stuff that was, the emails and the texts sent by these two, Philbin and Resnick, are really beyond belief. They show, forget about reckless disregard, they show, a, as you have said, a complete abuse of power and a really a loathsome abuse of power that you just never do see to this extent. When we get back, I want to take a break. Uh, my, my guest, the uh, mayor of Everett, still the mayor of Everett, Carlo, Mayor Carlo Di Maria and his attorney, Jeff Robbins. Um, for those who are not lawyers in the, um, in the audience, there's a very important Supreme Court decision, which um, gives a lot of protection to the media. It's called New York Times versus Sullivan. We'll talk about that and how this attorney, uh, on behalf of this mayor, had to overcome... Um, quite quite the bar if you will because um public figures of which mayor de maria is unquestionably a public figure have much less protections uh in the area of demo, uh, defamation slander libel um than people who are not public figures the average citizen we'll talk about that uh we'll invite your calls 617-254-1030 uh, 888-929-1030 all the phone lines are working and 617-931-1030 Again, um, we tend to believe what we read in newspapers and on radio stations, hear on radio stations and see on television stations, but sometimes there's more to it than meets the eye, and in this case there was, and apparently the U.S. Attorney's Office, um, uh, with a different U.S. Attorney, by the way, the, the U.S. Attorney who, I guess, okayed this initial investigation, um, she has resigned. Uh, and there's a new acting U.S. attorney. We'll get to all of this, uh, as well as your phone calls. And this is, again, this is, this is an extraordinary story. Uh, this is a story that should have national implications, particularly for young reporters and for people in the business, that they should understand that as much as they might want to 
make an impact and, um, and, and maybe even put a scalp on their belt of some major politician. You have to do it right, and you cannot, even when you're dealing with a public, public figure, engage in this sort of fiction and present it as reality. We'll explain it all. I promise. Stay with us. You'll uh, learn a lot about First Amendment law and the balance of this hour back on Nightside with Everett Mayor Carlo Di Maria and his attorney, one of the best in the business, Jeff Robbins, back on Nightside after this. Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. My guest is the um, mayor of Everett, Mayor Carlo Di Maria. Mayor, you've been mayor how many years there now? Uh, since 2008. 2008. Um, You're one of the lo- you, along yeah. with Mayor Koch of um, Quincy, I guess, are probably two of the longest-serving mayors in Ma- in Massachusetts. Um, very quickly, how did your family deal with this? Uh, my understanding it was a pretty tough time for, particularly for your kids. Yeah, no, it was uh, it uh, was very difficult um, for my kids um, and my wife. Um, you know, to have to see these articles. Not only just in the paper on you know during the week, but uh, reposted on the internet. People sharing it, yeah. kids sharing these articles in school, um, you know, commenting on it, um, making all kinds of unfortunate comments about me and my family, and uh, it was very hard, it was very difficult. Uh, you know, there were days where, you know, um, a lot of um, you know a lot of days where we were, you know. Dad, right? A lot of crying going on. Um, trying to explain to them that you know uh, that, that you know they knew it wasn't true. That that you know they questioned how can people get away with this? How can people be printing this type of stuff? And uh, um, yeah, it was it was um, it was very painful. Well, that leads me to, me to my next question: Is Jeff Robbins? Jeff, as a public figure. You had you had a higher standard of proof. You had to prove that this was sim- this was much more than just mere negligence by a sloppy reporter. You had to prove this was intentional and was done with with knowledge of it being untrue. Explain that difference in New York Times versus Sullivan in a, nut- in a nutshell for the audience. Well, that's exactly right, Dan. And you, of course, as a, a lawyer, on top of everything else that you do, know this well. The seminal Supreme Court case, New York Times versus Sullivan, uh, in 1964, held that a public official couldn't recover for defamation unless he or she could show that the falsehood was published about him or her uh, with what, what's called actual malice, meaning that either the person knew it was false, the publisher knew it was false, or acted in reckless disregard of whether or not it was true or false. So the standard is high. Uh, the, the rationale was to promote public dialogue and free speech, of course, and indeed, people are free to say a whole heck of a lot of things about people. Uh, What you're not, however, allowed to do, even about a public official, is to lie about them or to make falsehoods, to defame them, knowing that what you're saying is, uh, is false, or completely in disregard of whether it's true or false. And here, the evidence that is on file already is like the Himalayas. I mean, it's beyond belief, as you pointed out earlier, a reporter who forced under oath in a deposition, which is on videotape, to admit that each and every one of these articles accusing the mayor of crimes was a fabrication, was false, that 
that interviews weren't conducted, that he had no basis for it, uh, that after the lawsuit was filed and he was required to turn over his quote-unquote notes of any quote-unquote interviews, he just invented them. He manufactured them, which he initially lied about. He first said that he had them, that they were legitimate, and then under cross-examination, he was forced to admit that actually he manufactured them out of whole cloth, and then he went back and he altered the manufactured notes several times. Um, he filed false affidavits. He lied under oath. Uh, all of this he has admitted now. So it's a it's a very unusual case. You don't see this very much, to put it mildly. And it, it really does, as you have indicated already, uh, tell a story of a complete uh, uh, obsession with addiction to unlimited power, even though this is a little quote-unquote newspaper. It's not really a legitimate newspaper in a lot of ways. It's, 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 it's a, uh, an enterprise which has a, as its purpose pretty much destroying or did one person. Uh, but even but it, this, does have, unquote, it, did have, it did have impact within the Everett community. Um, outside of the Everett community, it had, had little, no impact, but it did within the Everett community. Uh, and, well, you're right. I mean, it had enormous impact in Everett, and of course, the editor-publisher, who was so besotted with the idea that he was this muckraker, he was sending it on to the globe and sending it all over the place and telling people that he was the greatest journalist since, I don't know, Upton Sinclair. And to a considerable degree, he got uh, certain publications to buy what he was peddling, including, I must say, the Boston Globe. Well, the Globe, uh, yeah. the Globe, as I understand it, um, had a little bit of um, a problem when they reviewed how that information had come to them and um, uh, and, the, and what due diligence was done by the reporters, uh, one of the reporters and an editor. Uh, again, you need not go into specifics on it unless you want to, but the, there's, there's a big story behind the story there, as I understand it. There is, and one might as well be, you know, at least somewhat open about it. I won't name the names, but uh, there are emails that are a matter of public record between this fellow Resnick and people at the Globe and back and forth, which do not, obviously they don't put Mr. Resnick in a good light, but they also put the reporter uh, in question in a very poor light as she egged him on and she uh, maneuvered with him to see if they could pressure uh, a witness into, that they knew was uh, had mental problems into saying stuff which could then be published. There's an email that says, you know, my editors really want to publish this before the election, uh, meaning that they wanted to publish yeah. a story to damage De Maria. So yeah. it's not a pretty story. Yeah, and then the, the last comment, and, and, and we'll, we'll go to phone calls right after the break, I promise. Um, as a journalist, um, first reading and, and understanding New York Times versus Sullivan, I loved the, uh, the decision because it provided a level of protection to uh, journalists. Um, it, the, the case at hand, I believe, involved a, um, an Alabama sheriff who was not a particularly um, sympathetic figure back in the, back in the day. But I, I wonder if at some point the, um, the standards that New York Times versus Sullivan set out might need to be lowered a little bit to, um, to, to make the playing field a little fairer between the media and public figures. Quick comment on well, that, Jeff. Yes, you know, you raise a very good point. The idea was that, you know, John Paul or Peter Zenger, whichever it was with his printing press, that's not the way it is anymore. There's an enormous amount of power concentrated in media organizations, even this relatively tiny one, to destroy people's lives. And your point is one that a lot of people have recognized that maybe 
we need to recognize that unbridled power on the part of media institutions is as bad a thing as unbridled power on the part of the government. And a little bit of balance might uh, might be uh, might. And Dan, Dan, just to add, I mean, you may call this a little newspaper, but you may say this was you know just had impact only in Everett. This had impact throughout the entire state. I mean, they influenced the Globe to run articles, as we know. We know who was let go from the Boston Globe. Two people were let go. We know the names. We we see the emails between Resnick and them and what they were writing and and saying our residents want this before the election. To what influence an election to crucify me on on false stories that they weren't they didn't even fact check, but yeah. they they also have social media Facebook they they were they were friending all friends of uh, you know different people in the community sharing these articles on face Facebook I mean these articles once it's written in any newspaper about a, an elected official it's shared everywhere I mean it's it shared throughout I mean I had mayors calling me. I had other elected officials calling me, uh, business leaders calling me, throughout the, the Commonwealth calling me and saying, "What is going on? What do you, you know, why is this being written about you?" I mean, they thought they they thought this was true. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it was it was awful. I mean, there was day, and there was days that I couldn't get out of bed. I just was like, I was totally dead. I was like. Um, oh, I hear you. No, I, you don't. I, you don't I, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's like, oh no, not, not again. Um, uh, my understanding is that there was also some information uh, that, uh, and again, I, I don't want to go further than you want to go here, Jeff or Mayor, but there were some um, prominent public officials um, uh, who, who bought into this idea as well. I mean, it is the case that uh, the opening of this um, investigation by the Department of Justice was attended by a letter which cited this press coverage. And this particular U.S. attorney who, uh, you know, was was influenced by by journalists. Now, now that's perfectly appropriate to be influenced by journalists, and it's perfectly appropriate to pursue civil rights investigations. And there's nothing uh, horrible about that. That's part of what a Justice Department official should be doing, perfectly appropriate. But the fact of the matter is, when people are relying on information which is dishonest and fraudulent, that causes obvious problems. Yeah, um, and sharing that information with other other journalists, as I understand it. But we'll leave that we'll we'll leave that can of worms. We're going to get phone calls right after the break to the callers on the line. Appreciate your patience, but this is a story that I wanted people to understand. Uh, we'll come back on Nightside six one seven two five four ten thirty triple eight nine two nine ten thirty six one seven. Nine three one ten thirty. There's one line open there, and there's a couple of lines open at six one seven two five four ten thirty. Fill them up. I guarantee you, we'll get you on. We'll get to phone calls right after the break. I will ask you to be uh, polite. Uh, I know you will be, um, and uh, if and also respectful. Uh, and if you disagree with the uh, what has happened in courts, in but you know you you're more than welcome to to attempt to make your points. But believe me, no one knows this case better than on a personal level, Mayor Di Maria. D. Maria and on a professional level, attorney Jeff Roberts will be right back on Nightside. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. My guest, Everett Mayor Carlo D. Maria and his attorney, Jeff Robbins, um, they have been involved in a battle um, with a newspaper uh, in Everett. Uh, and they they have <laughs> they they have been uh, 
basically told by the U.S. Attorney's Office that uh, the that investigation is closed, as a, as I think it should have been, <laughs> and uh, it appears as if they're in position to win a pretty significant significant defamation judgment um, from a combination of the publisher, the owner, the editor, and the reporter of this newspaper, the Everett Leader. Harold, let's go to the phones. Um, again, we appreciate your call, whatever your point of view. First up, this says Daba, D-O-B-B-A. Have I pronounced that correctly, Daba from Everett? Yes, that is correct. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, Carlo, Jeff, Danny. Uh, Jeff, the first question for you is, um, you know, I think ultimately when this whole thing shakes out, I mean, it's going to be a landmark, you know, precedent-setting um with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ultimately a decision, right? Well, you know, uh, the ruling that was handed down last week, it should be emphasized, is a preliminary ruling. It's a ruling in which a judge froze or attached assets uh, belonging to the owner and the publisher editor. So there hasn't been a, a jury trial, and a jury will be asked, to uh to to uh, yeah. to issue a verdict so we don't know but you're right in this important respect the evidence that has been amassed and is already on file oh, is amazing. really remarkable it's, it's astonishing like i followed like i followed from the beginning i've read all the depositions and i must admit good evening you made actually a point um a couple minutes ago influencing an election now we've seen this obviously for years on a national level and of course we liken this to the I call it the Church Street hoax. Um, the amount of people that piled on, piled on based on lies. And you say people slamming doors. Well, those same people in a couple of years are going to have to open those doors and say, hey, you know, we were wrong. We were wrong. I mean, this is... They may have to. They may have to say that before this, uh, before two years. <laughs> yeah. This seems to be on a fast track. Daba, thank you so much. I'm sure, Mayor, do you want to uh, comment on what Daba has to say? No, I just uh, want to tell him uh, thank you for following this and thank you for calling. And um, uh, he's right. Uh, there were uh, a lot of people uh, that uh, thought the Everly the Herald was still the credible paper that we always thought it was when it was ran by the Canaan family. Yes. Uh, and they took the they took they took the, the word in that paper as gospel. Um, we we saw that uh, we saw that in, with our senior citizens. We saw that with our families and. And uh, people really believe those articles to be true. I mean, because um, they were not, they never saw uh, something in that paper not to be true. Um, and actually, for a while, I think the owners of the paper kept the Crenane family's name in the newspaper as uh, like they like the entire like paper. There's a, there's a, uh, right yeah, the letterhead. Yeah, there where it says the letterhead. They kept that family yes. name in there uh, for a while. Um, so. Have people come yeah, up to you, so, Mayor, uh, subsequent to, to the developments in the last week or so and said, gee, Mayor, I voted against you, and I apologize? Have you had any of those those comments yet? Um, you know what? 
Not that I, um, I've had people come up to me and, 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 um, say that they've read, um, uh, the depositions and, uh, another, another newspaper. They've, uh, listened to your show. Uh, they saw, uh, just recently what happened with the Herald. Uh, and they, you know, and they're, they're happy to see, cause they knew, they've known me for their, their entire yeah. lives, right? I mean, I'm born and raised in the city of Everett. So, uh, they know who I am and my family, and uh, so there are a lot of people that are very happy that, that the truth is finally coming out, and uh, we hope all the truth comes out. You know, so. Absolutely. Dalbert, thank you very much for the call. i got full lines. want to keep rolling. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a good one. Thank you much. Let me go to Andy in Charlestown. Andy, you are next on Nice Side with Everett Mayor Carlo Di Maria and his attorney, Jeff Robbins. Go right ahead, Andy. Uh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Admittedly, up front, I really don't know anything about the case, um, but I, I worked in the city of Everett uh, for 30 years, and as you mentioned, I live in Charlestown, and I, I just want to uh, congratulate the mayor. I, I don't know him personally, but, you know, professionally, I've, I've spoken to him, and what really stood out to me, uh, conversations I've had with him, was the run-up to the uh, casino when they would decide licenses and, and things like that. And I would see him at meetings like in Charlestown and stuff, and just his passion for the for the city of Everett. You know, he, he was very genuine, and, you know, um, it was just like a regular neighborhood guy, you know, and, and, I'm, and I, I'm really happy for him, and, you know, any type of slander is awful. But, again, I really don't know about the court case, and I really don't know about the paper. But um, I, I just want to say he, he was the mayor. For several years when I worked in Everett, and, and like I say, I got to have some um, in-depth conversations about the benefits of developing the city of Everett, and I supported it over here in Charleston, the casino I'm talking about. And um, so I'm happy for him, and uh, he's a good man, and I appreciate that. Mayor, go right ahead. you got thank a fan you. here in Charlestown. Yeah. No, thank you, Andy. I appreciate that. I appreciate those uh, comments, and, those, and, and um, I, I really do. Thank you very much. Thank you Andy, for uh, it. Appreciate it very much. Let me go to Mike. Back to um, Everett. Going to go to Mike and Everett. Mike, you're next on Nightside. I'm with on with Mayor, Mayor Hi, Carlo uh, Maria, as well as Chef Go ahead, Mike. Um, first of all, I would just like to say that for what the mayor has and his family has, have been through, are just is absolutely crazy. A lesser man and a lesser family would have probably put their chair between the legs and, uh, between their legs and said, you know what, we can't win this. But that's not Carlo De Maria. Um, I've had the privilege of being friends with him for decades now. And since he's been a councilman in, in public service, he has shown the passion for the city. And like I said, a lesser man and a lesser family would have just probably given up. But if you know the mayor and you know his family, they just fight and they keep on fighting. And it goes to show you what kind of people that are running that paper in the, you know, the man, Mr. Resnick as well. Um, and the baffling thing about it is, is this man is still writing for that paper. So I don't know how anybody could take anything that that paper has ever put out since they've owned it. And Mr. Resnick, how do you believe anything that that man could say. Um, if you look at what the mayor has done for this city and what he has brought to the city, the biggest um, 
construction project in the state's history with the casino. We have Lower Broadway now come, uh, that's going to be developed. I mean, the, the parks, everything. Again, a lesser man would have just gave up, but that's not the mayor. And I condemn him, his attorneys, and his family especially, and his children for having to deal with that. And to, uh, to, to deal with that on a daily basis in, in politics and Everett is pretty tough. So to deal with that and have people look at you a different way and everything is just a disgrace. And, well, well, Mike, uh, Mike and Maria, I, I, I'm running out of time, but that is quite sure. a testimonial uh, for Mayor DeMaria. Mayor, quick comment to Mike, and then I got a break for commercial, and I got full lines after that. Stay right there, Mike. Yeah, yeah, that, that, thank you, Mike. Thanks for those kind words. We, we appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome, and thank you for having me on tonight, gentlemen. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, and we'll take a very quick break. Come back right after this uh, short commercial break, and uh, we will get everyone in. James, Phil, Doreen, Sabato, we'll get you all in, I promise. Uh, we'll By 10 o'clock, coming back on Nightside. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right, let's keep rolling here. We got we got a bunch of calls. Let me go to Phil in Boston. Phil, you're next on Nightside with Attorney Jeff Robbins and Everett Mayor Carlo Di Maria. Go right ahead, Phil. Hi, Adorn. What a story. I'm sorry, sir. I know this is above my pay grade, but that gentleman Mike summed it all up. You got to be the strongest person in the world. Obviously, had good legal representation. For you to work your way through that cocoon of baloney is unbelievable. And I would guess you're not into it for the money. You're not into it for the reputation. Then you mention your family, your kids, up at the, the things they put up with. I don't. You probably happy with these guys to write down the letter to everyone they talk to that they were messed up, they were wrong, and you're not the person that. Whatever you were, I'm sorry. I just when you told me, I, I I can't believe that you survived, and you sound so eloquent. This lawyer's got to be a real good guy. I'm sure he's supporting you. I'm not making any sense now, but I'm sorry. You're I, making a lot. You're making a lot of sense on both counts, uh, Phil. I'm telling you, I, I can't believe it. For him to do that, I mean, yeah. you got a parking ticket in Boston. You go nuts. This guy went through whatever he went through, and he survived. And he sounds like he's like Rocky Marciano. He's unbelievable. <laughs> he survived, and I'm sorry, Chip. I mean, I, I no higher compliment. I give you a lot of credit. <laughs> You're to the rock. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Thank, appreciate I appreciate you, that, Phil. Phil. Thank you. That's great. I like, <laughs> I, I like the compare. I like the comparison of Rocky Marciano too. So that was. Uh, Thank yeah, you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice touch, <laughs> Phil. Okay. I got a picture of my father years ago. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Phil. Talk to you soon. Let me go to Doreen and Everett. Doreen, we got pack lines. You got to be a little quick with on your call tonight. Go All ahead, right. Doreen. Hi, 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 Carlo. Hi, hi, Doreen. Hi, how you, how you doing? I'm an Everett citizen. Uh, I feel bad about all that gossip. I really do. And the thing is, it uh, talk is cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think it even rose to the level of gossip, Dory, because sometimes with gossip, <laughs> there's a little bit of truth there. You know, it's a little kernel of truth. <laughs> I know. But the only thing is, Mayor DeCal, the only thing I am against in Everett is the casino. Uh, I'll never go in there. And I think it was in the wrong place to begin with. Okay. So well, did everybody yeah. think so? Oh, that's, you have your right to your opinion, Dory. Mayor, go right yeah. ahead. No, no, I mean, Doreen has the right to her opinion, absolutely, you know, I mean, uh, 
you know, funny thing was, uh, you know, when I was an alderman, I, I, I filed a bill against expanded gaming. You know, that didn't go through, as you, we all know, when the state legislature passed yeah. that bill, and it, and it went through. And as the flow, as the crow flies, Suffolk Downs was in closer to my home, basically, my, you know, my home, than, it, than right. the, the casino is now on the, you know, the Boston Everett line. So for us, it was a no-brainer. You know, it was, it was a super fun site that no one ever was going to clean. You know, Encore spent $100 million to clean that, restore access to the waterfront, the jobs, the tax revenue. Uh, you know, for, it was a no-brainer, right? So uh, I get it. You know, the yields of gaming, I, I understand completely, you know, what that has done to families and stuff. And, and um, But, you know, that law was passed. They were coming. And we had this site that, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, I mean, since I was born, the Montanto site has been empty and sat there vacant for, you know, 50, 60 years, uh, it leaching yeah. and contaminants leach, leaching into the harbor. So yeah. we got this company yeah. to clean up yeah. that site. We, st- you know, yeah. water taxi service, all right. the great. Right. And, it's, it, and think about it, Doreen, they're just the catalyst. They, they've been the catalyst yeah. for this redevelopment that we're seeing down in, in the in that lower Broadway area. So, but I understand right. your feelings and I and I appreciate them and I appreciate you yeah. calling in tonight. Thank you, Doreen. Great. Thanks for the call. Right. We'll debate the casino thank another you. night. Everybody, sure you good luck. Thanks. Everybody, good luck. All right, Bye-bye. thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm hoping to pronounce this right. Is it Sabato or Sabato? Hi, how are you? I just Good. wanted to call, and I'll keep my comments short. I know we're sure. pressed for time on the show, but I thought it was absolutely disgusting what that paper did to the mayor. Those blue suit articles, the false claiming that the mayor was extorting, you know, $90,000 from the city clerk. You know, and then the, it was come to light in the courtroom that they were conspiring with Boston Globe staff. You know, I just feel good for uh, the, the mayor and his family that he's finally, you know, vindicated, or this should hopefully this does vindicate him in some way. All right, man. Well, I, I think he is well vindicated. Thank you for the call very much. I appreciate it. Uh, try, to, try to get everybody in here. James and Everett. James, next on Nightside with Mayor DiCarlo and Attorney Jeff Robbins. Go ahead, James. Good, e- good evening, folks. Um, my name is James, and uh, we spoke actually on the phone uh, in 2020 on June 16th. Um, and the mayor was cut off when he was going to name the motel where he put some Brazilians and Ethiopians. And I'm James, I really, James, I know you bugged me with this story forever, <laughs> and I'm just not going there tonight because it's very complicated. And find another media outlet to talk about it. Okay, thanks, James. I appreciate your call. Um, let me go next to Joanne and Weymouth. Joanne, I want to get you in. Go right ahead, Joanne. Hi, Jane. How are you tonight? Go right ahead, Joanne. We're doing great. I just wanted to say congratulations to the mayor of Everett. Good job. I think it's wonderful. Excellent. Thank well, you. <laughs> These You're are very all positive. Welcome. I live in Weymouth, and um, I, I think Everett is very nice, too. Well, thank uh, you. I'm sure the mayor and his mm-hmm. attorney appreciate it, Joanne. It's the quickest call we've ever had, but I appreciate it. That's <laughs> going to get me one more call from Everett, okay? Thanks, thanks, Joanne. Okay, bye-bye. All right, let me go to Kelly and Everett. Kelly, your last caller with the mayor and with attorney Jeff Robbins. Go ahead, Kelly. Hi, Carlo. I just wanted to say congratulations and I just think that it was horrible, everything that was in the newspaper, and it just put such a huge divide in our city. And I think that you going to court and fighting is just showing that you're all about unity and all about the city, and you just want it to stay the way it's always been. And I think that's great, and I want to thank you. Thank you. 
Thank, thanks so much, Kelly. You ended on a really nice note for us. I think if you run for re-election, you're going to be in pretty good shape at Everett Mayor. That's for sure. I want to thank you, Mayor DiCarlo, for you've been with me before um, and for, for keeping in contact and also Attorney Jeff Robbins. Jeff, you've done a great job in this case, as I think you've done on so many cases, and you also uh, have explained it very well to my audience tonight. I think uh, the, the court of public opinion, it's, this is the third win for uh, for Jeff Robbins and for Mayor DiCarlo in the last a few days. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. You're very welcome, guys. We'll talk again. Okay, thanks much. When we get back, we're going to talk about another legal conundrum. Uh, I, I should say something that's kind of interesting that's gone on a long time, and that is the, the appointment of a special counsel to investigate the Hunter Biden case. It's the same special counsel who had put together a bit of a sweetheart deal for Hunter Biden. So I think we're going to have some interesting conversation on the other side of the 10 o'clock news on Nightside. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.